Welcome to Side Talks with the Caribou Lou. What? I'm down with the clown, Corey. What? I'm down with the clown. I don't know what's happening. We changed the podcast. This 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 podcast is now about ICP. Oh, good. Can you handle it? Well, fucking magnets. How Bitch, do they go work? Get my Caribou Lou. Oh Let's God. Go. What's this? That's an old-fashioned intro old to this fashioned. segment. Yeah, it's time It's time to bring it back. As I mentioned, I'm programming right now, so I've been in the programming cave. I'm back on my bullshit. I have not been <laughs> sleeping, y'all. So this one is off the rails. Um, but I did have time to watch a two-minute clip of a film. Cool. And I want you to try to guess what it is, and I am almost certain you're going to get it real damn quick. All right, let's hear it. So I'm going to try to lay it out in the, in the way that maybe you won't get it. All right. So there's a dressing room. Hmm. It's just a dressing room. It's actually kind of a dressing room. It looks like maybe it could be in a vintage store. It doesn't look like a fancy dressing room. It's a very laid back, casual dressing room with, you know, sort of like almost like shower curtain kind of things to right, the stalls right. for you get dressed. And there are four uh, very lovely young women in this dressing room. A lot of screeching, you know, going on in this dressing room. Um, one of them pushes one of the other young women to the dressing room and says, try these on. You've got to try on these jeans. Okay. And the young woman tries on the jeans and comes out, and the jeans do look great on her. Okay. They really look great on her. I'm not going to tell you who this young woman is because you're going to know who, what this is pretty quickly. Um, but they do. the jeans look great on her. So then another young woman who is of a, a much different stature um, and much different sort of body type tries the jeans on, and they look good on her as well. So it's Four women wearing the same pair of pants, if you will. That's right. And you might these it. pants be traveling? Those pants are traveling pants. So this is the sisterhood of the traveling pants. You got it. And I had never seen this. I've never seen it either. But you knew this. You, because, okay. I mean, you know, the, the whole premise of the the film, right, is that the jeans look really good on all four of these young women. And so they they right. share the jeans. I don't care. I don't care if you're a supermodel. I don't care who the fuck you are. If you're in a dressing room with Blake Lively, there's no way in hell those pants look as good on you as they do on Blake Lively. So this, these are definitely magical fucking pants. I mean, I, th- it, I, I think that's <laughs> the point of the movie, right? They're magical fucking pants. And so I had no idea this was – I didn't know what this title was about. But um, I did get schooled by Casey and Kiwi and Chloe that this is indeed about a fucking magic pair of pants that these young women all look good in. And they did all look lovely in this pair of pants. And that they then, as they grow older, I guess good shit happens to them while they're wearing the pants. They're like lucky pants. Yes. And so they pass these pants along to each other as they're going through life. So if anybody has a pair of magic pants, um, podcast at (laughs) sidewalkfest.com. I will Venmo you immediately. We need some luck. (laughs) But you got it. You got what's the shit. Yeah. There you go. Well, oh boy, let me do it. Reflections. So what are we talking about today? We haven't done a reflections in a minute, and I, I do think the last couple times we've done it, it hasn't been it hasn't been too much of a sidestep for what we're talking about today. Right. It's been kind of in the same world, but some new news comes out uh, yesterday, actually, and of course we'll have some time on it by the time the podcast releases. But um, that news was oh interesting, and of course my programming cycle, as I'm sure you can imagine, we've talked a little bit about uh, my programming cycle for the festival this year has been. Oh, so interesting and sure. oh, so different. Um, and so do you want to talk a little bit about the the article that, that recently was released in Variety? So the news that came out yesterday was that uh, Indie Studio A24 um, has, for the past 18 months, according to the reporting, been exploring uh, the possibility of a sale. 
uh, and its listed price was three billion dollars. Say that number again. Three billion with a B for the distributor okay. behind Moonlight, Lady Bird, and Uncut Gems. And the article suggested that while some people might have had a little laugh, that there were a lot of folks who didn't think that asking price was terribly off base. I'm curious to hear what those folks are thinking Ooh. because uh, I love A24. Um, I love the majority of the movies that they release. They've built a really um, effective brand for themselves as curators of a certain type of of semi-independent cinema. Um, and they've really championed a lot of new rising voices and interesting um, cinema from around the world. You know, yeah. I I, uh, I think the work that A24 has been doing is essentially unimpeachable, even if I don't love every single movie that they release. $3 billion is quite an asking <laughs> price for, for a brand um, and for a studio that doesn't have, frankly, the deepest catalog. I mean, they've released – what, like a hundred movies or so over the That's the decade or so right. that they've I'm been in existence? They have more movies than they lead on. Yeah. There it is a uh, the yeah, I mean part of H24's entire mission, right, is a programming mission. Yeah. And so the slate that you see is a slate of quality. It's a slate of films that you want to – the hope is that it's a slate of films that you want to watch again and again and again. And sure. Again, these are sort of – I mean you, I, can see, I can see a world in which I program Uncut Gems. And I can't imagine a time, an era when that doesn't come up for me at some point during right. the year. You know? Right. Uh, the same with Moonlight. The same with something like The Witch. I mean yeah. these are films that are going to have, have major life and that's because that slate has been curated. Um, I don't know though that – a24 has gotten the memo that folks like Netflix don't give a shit. Oh, what? It's what kind of content is it? Will anybody click on it? Nobody cares what it is. And I think that this assumption here is that the future, I think part of what A24 is getting at here is that the future of VOD, the future of these streaming platforms, and the future of cinema in general is going to be about curation and programming. Right. And that the content does matter, quality of content does matter, and so pay us these billions of dollars because we've done that. And this seems like a good opportunity, and I don't, I don't want this to happen, right, because I love – the theatrical focus of A24's mission, at least to this point. Oh, let me pause you there. Okay. Because I don't want to rat out A24. I'm not trying to get on anybody's nerves. And, and honestly, some of our friends at A24 listen to podcasts, so let me be very careful You guys here. are great. We love you, <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that they're not looking at theatrical anymore. That's I'm that's just, what I'm getting I, let's, at. Like, A24, met, like, let's talk, because you're not looking at theatrical anymore. I'm well, t- I'm, who is, right? Everybody, the industry I mean, is go. in, ding, in ding, 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 ding. A, a pivot mode. Right, we're pivoting largely towards streaming. The pandemic hastened this. Um, this seems like it would be a good opportunity for a nascent streamer with a lot of money behind it. Something like, God help me, uh, Apple TV Plus. Well, that's who they're to in bed with, up. as you saw from the article. Right. So, H, you know, and and I guess some of the the suggestion in the article here was that that Apple TV might have been one of the suitors to this potential deal. And that doesn't surprise me because A24 has a distribution deal with Apple TV Plus for movies like Boys State, uh, the last Sofia Coppola movie uh, right. on the rocks, and then the upcoming Cohen, um, Joel Cohen adaptation of Macbeth, uh, right. which is an A20 or A24 and Apple TV Plus joint venture. Apparently. There are others as well. 
there are going to be others as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that'll be the case. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it does, as we've said many times on this this podcast, disappoint me as a fan of the theatrical experience. Um, I don't want to see a new Joel Cohen adaptation of Macbeth with Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand for the first time at home. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, I don't either. And, you know, it's interesting because I have been wondering for a few months now, okay, the pandemic hits and, you know, A24 kind of just puts pause on its slate and yeah. all of a sudden stuff starts going to um, to, to Apple TV. And I, you know, and, and and now the word is, and so this is just a little peek at what I'm dealing with, I'm trying to book films for the festival. In addition to all the wonderful submissions that come to us, you know, we look for other films as well. And one thing I hear from distributors a lot, uh, right now is that we, oh we can't we can't screen with you because that you know your dates are in August and that film comes out in mid September. Well, yeah, that's normally what we would do, right? right. Normally, that's ideal timing. Yeah. It's ideal for us. It's ideal for the film. It's ideal for the distributor. But now it's like no, if it's not on VOD, and then it gets even scarier because it gets well, well we you know we want it we want it to be on our platform and only our platform something like saint maud sure where you know we don't want that to be seen theatrically at all because our perspective is that if it's playing theatrically at all that's one set of eyes that didn't give us the money which is a real shame because saint maud is an incredible movie that deserves the widest possible audience and frankly saint maud is stuck in streamer limbo where you know where the hell can you even see that movie? Who's right talking now? about Saint Maud? Well, you know me because I'm a I'm a guy who who seeks this stuff out, right? Because it's already on my radar. But the casual consumer, who's just like, let me find something to watch, or you know, hey, I heard you know this was good. Um, you know this this speaks to another Variety article that I sent you a couple weeks ago, actually, right, right. about consumer confusion about where to find right. movies. Um, and you and I were talking about this, and, and we don't have to talk about this in any detail if you don't want to, but it it has kind of inspired a shift in the way that you program and your sort of programming no philosophy. Yes, I have no choice but to evolve with what's presented to me. And it is this is oh, this is I say I know people my mom, you say this every year, but I it this really is the toughest year. This is the toughest year. And maybe I do say it every year because every year things get ratcheted up in the same way. But this is like a triple ratchet, right? This is like quadruple the mess that it was before. And it's just such a damn shame. And I think you're right. I think a film like Boy State, even a film like First Cal, which First Cal comes out, maybe First Cal isn't the best example because First Cal, you know, has its first theatrical like two days before New York goes into lockdown. Yeah. And so it, it got caught up in the in the mess, man. Um, but I do think like a film like Boy State doesn't have the life that it should have. That is a great fucking documentary. Yeah. It doesn't have the life. It doesn't have the eyes on it because it has been in lockdown. And here's something. I, 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 they're not even screening it now with us. Mm. Isn't that odd? That's too bad. I mean, it's just it's now, you know, content for a streamer. Um, but proprietary what content. No one's talk. I mean, I'm just gonna. Sorry, but the, I, I will say the gloves are kind of off at this point. Right. Um, I'm getting. I get no regardless. And I mean, believe me, I, I Netflix isn't listening to this podcast, but I, I can't tell you the number of times I've seen a very abrasive no right above that that um, animated Netflix logo. Like, so the gloves are fucking off. And you know, it, the it, this is not helping these films, y'all. This is not helping the films. 
So the the Variety article that I referred to a second ago is about consumer confusion, how movies are one streamer or another exclusives. Nobody subscribes to every streamer. Is a new movie on HBO Max? Is it on Paramount Plus? Is it on Apple TV Plus? When is people it on get Netflix? tired of Hulu? playing the free trial game. Yeah. Well, I mean. So, so. You know, you and I were talking about this, and you said that you were adapting the the sort of programming philosophy of Sidewalk, which had previously, you know, years ago been, if your movie is available on VOD or streaming, sorry, but since it's already widely available, we won't screen that at the festival. And now the, the idea is, well, if it's available on VOD or streaming, odds are people don't know about it. Right. So we uh, might yeah. as well screen it at the festival. Right. I think, yes, I think that that philosophy has been evolving, but you're right. There were many, many years when if, if it was online, if it was available in any way on any VOD platform, even if even if it was a $30, one of those like crazy $30 yeah. movies, we just wouldn't screen it. We just wouldn't screen it. And, it, you know, that evolved. And the way that it started evolving was what experience can we provide with this film that's going to cause people to come to the theater and see it opposed, as opposed to watch it on on their TV at home. And so it started being, you know, let's program the stuff on VOD that's experiential. And and that's now evolved to and, – and, and by the way, it was a test and people mm. did come. Yeah. People did come. I mean, we were selling out screenings of stuff that was readily available 10 years ago. Right. So, you know, it, and oftentimes those, you know, were film about – bartending and you could do a drink, whatever it may be. People want to have experience around a film. And so that's evolving. But now it's gotten to a place where, you know, a, a large percentage, um, there's no reason to hide this, a large percentage of our lineup this year will be available on VOD. Now, yes, whether or not it's on your radar, I don't know. I can guarantee you you're going to have a better time seeing it at the festival than you will at home on your couch. I don't care how nice your couch is. It's going to be a better experience. You know, and that and that's that's sort of lens. That's what's um, going into the decision making. But it's also, you know, I don't have the same choice as I had ten years ago. Sure. I don't have the same luxury. The luxury to make this like, oh well, if we don't play this film that's on VOD, we have this one that's not. This is not a luxurious position I'm in. This is a position of it's going to be a significant percentage. Well, you know, no matter what. No matter what. I mean, all of these new streamers are so hungry for content that mm -hmm. it seems like the second something premieres and gets a little buzz at a big festival, it gets it gets bought up. It gets snapped up. Oh, they were thirsty during COVID. Sure. They were thirsty. They bought every damn thing. So you better believe they bought every damn everything thing. Everything that premiered at Sundance this year, South by this year, um, you know, apart from the fact that those premiered virtually, most of them anyway, and were accessible you know, through that platform, which we don't have to get into. We've talked about it. But apart from that, you know, these these movies, they premiere, they get snapped up, and they become this proprietary content for these new streaming services. And, I mean, the, the sad reality is, like, nerds like me who are – you know, cinema forward who are like, I gotta, I gotta see everything are going to seek that out. But the, but beyond that, beyond like the dozens of us who are out there, you know, trying to catch all of this stuff, very few of these movies ever sort of gain any sort of buzz or presence in the marketplace You're right. or attention as they might normally have with a traditional theatrical release. Uh, yes. Again, you are not doing a service to these films. And filmmakers, you you may be counting some money, but I promise you, you're not counting as much as bleep. 
Uh, you're just not. There's no way. And so it's, it's not doing a service for your film. And I don't think it's doing a service for the life of your film. And so what we're experiencing now is this. We miss, we miss films having a festival run yes. in 2020, right? I mean, I think we were in the same room when South by canceled. We were, yes. And we were both jaw-dropped because yep. it, was, it was just a strange afternoon. So, you know, South by Cancel is a few days before it's supposed to start. So there's a program out there that, of a festival that didn't happen. And those films didn't have a run, but then COVID bleeds into, you know, Sundance, which, as we know, we were satellite screen. But Sundance is slate very different last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they didn't have anything in Park City. And... In other words, that festival happens in a very different way, but I wouldn't say that it, it that those films that came out of Sundance had the same had a run. So you have this entire batch of films, this entire year's worth, year plus worth of films that didn't that, fe- that are festival films that didn't have festival runs, and that's what we're up against right now. And at the same time, these streaming services are cannibalizing each other, yeah, and can't seem to get enough content. And then I would argue, don't know what to do with the content when they get it. A lot of them don't. A lot of them don't. Um, Netflix is probably the most practiced at it, so they are able to build buzz and get attention for... Why is their stuff so bad? Well, a handful of things, you know, are are elevated beyond the What's the rising draws. to the top, Corey, is fucking Tiger King. That's what's rising to the top. I'm sorry, but it I, is. I was thinking about something like the, these these Fear Street movies, this trilogy of horror movies, these traditional slashers, two of which have been released. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been they've been getting a little bit more attention than your typical um, Netflix original film because Netflix has sort of elevated this this trilogy into an event, into okay, a so three in week a sw- event, and a swimming pool of of shit. You might have a diamond or two. Right. That's I, look. I think Netflix's track record is probably a little better than you do, but ultimately, yeah, you're not far off. Yeah. So I don't, I mean, you know, again, we, we, we often go on these tangents on in the Reflections episode and we, we're not solving any, nobody's turning but to us to solve here's this. The thing. So I don't know what the freaking answer is, but it is, it's, it's hard out here for a bitch. To bring it full circle, A24's The Green Knight, which yes. comes out in theaters like, Two, three weeks from when we're recording this. Including the Sidewalk Cinema. Really? Yes. Sick. I'm going to get a ticket to see it at the Sidewalk yeah. Cinema then. I'm excited. Yes. But the the Green Knight, um, which has released two trailers right. <laughs> and not right. really much else. A Sidewalk alum, by the way. Let's David just Lowry, let's acknowledge the David us. Lowry. David Lowry. We screened David Lowry's first short film ever. And, and he came to Sidewalk, and he is an alum, and we're proud of that. Ain't Them Body Saints, a ghost story, another A24 film. But anyway... The Green Knight already has more of a presence and and sort of like like buzz around it and attention to it just based on a year of delays and this one visually striking trailer right. than virtually anything that, that Netflix has released all year. Thank you. It's become just the anticipation of it, at least in, I don't know, maybe, maybe this is just me speaking from the, you know, little bubble of movie nerds that I inhabit, but the anticipation for the green night is, is higher than pretty much anything that any streaming service has put out this year. Um, so a, 24 and our friends there if you are listening <laughs> i would uh hope that you're not ready to throw in the towel completely on the theatrical experience just yet um and if you are exploring a sale um well one get that money i guess but two 
hopefully as a condition of that sale, the theatrical experience and your role in that is something that you can preserve um, because that theatrical experience is deeply important to a lot of us. Um, I know that I'll be seeing The Green Knight uh, just as soon as I can um, because I'm far more excited for that big screen experience than just about anything else um, coming up in the near future. Um, and really, that's all I've got going for me. So if you can <laughs> just keep that up, A24, I would appreciate it. Let AMC put that Artisan logo on the green light. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I, I just, I, I feel, who knows what's going to happen. It's it's an ever-changing landscape. Right. And this has been a weird couple of years. But I don't, I, I don't, it's not like we're going back. Right. You know what I mean? We're we're it's, in a we're in a weird space where we are transitioning from one way of doing business in this industry to something else. It's it growing pains is what this industry is going through. That's an interesting way to put the, it. The uh. streaming situation is you know, honestly, the situation where we find like 13 major corporate streamers with their own exclusives. This is unsustainable. This bubble is going it's to burst. It's unsustainable. It there's and I mean what are we left with? Walmart? Well, AKA Netflix. So I, I and I ask all the time, you know, in my classroom, right? Let me see a show of hands of how many people get onto Netflix or whatever streaming service, it's Hulu whatever, and spend an hour or more looking for what you're going to watch. Oh god. And that show of hands is significant. Right. It's significant. And I just, where is, there's no curation in this landscape. And then when you see something like A24, which was a great, it was a great touchstone for curation at, a, at the distribution level. And you see them, you know, flying the, the price tag, ready to implode themselves. It just, I, you know, it's, what a weird moment we're at right now. Very weird. Very weird. Um you know, we'll see what it all evolves into. Yeah. And, um, and we'll have to roll with those punches. I don't know what the future of programming looks like. And I don't, I mean, not that I ever have, but <laughs> certainly it's a, it is a blurrier view at this moment than it's ever been before. Well, and I imagine it's, it's changing super rapidly. Super rapidly. Yeah. So anyway, um, let us know what you think. I'm interested to hear how long most folks out there that are listening to podcasts search on a channel like Netflix or HBO max for what they want to watch. Um, so email us at podcast at sidewalkfest.com and you know, and a 24, if you want to uh, hook a, hook a, a friend up with screeners of the new Koganata film after Yang or the souvenir part two, or any of those movies you just had premiere at can. Oh, the new the Sean, Sean Baker, Baker, the new Sean Baker. Did you read the reviews of that? I haven't read them. Looks yet. Wow, good. Looks Did you see good. a chef's kiss? Yeah. Okay. I'm, hey, Just new Sean Baker. Well, you know? I mean, he made this in secret and during quarantine. I, I can't freaking wait. Uh, I'm always anxious to see what Sean Baker's doing. 100%. So Let's anyway. Let's hope that um, A24 doesn't sell itself, um, you know, before they bury that sucker. Oh, let's go. Send me screeners. Thanks. Bye. Retractions. Uh-oh. This is a quick one. Okay. This is a quick one. I just kind of screwed something up. Oh. When we talked about uh, in Pick a City, we talked uh-huh. about Virginia Beach. Yeah, yeah. The impossible Virginia Beach. Yes. And what films were saw, uh, shot in, in Virginia Beach. And we found out that your precious Captain Phillips was um, shot there. And But we really didn't. 
have uh-huh. a lot. When I pulled up the um, the IMDb listing, you know, Sam gave us a little quick shot at what has been filmed there. But when I pulled up the IMDb page and took a look, it is Virginia Beach. I'm sorry, but it is sad times there. Anytime you get to number four and it's episodes <laughs> of Cops, you know, it's, oh it's, it's dark territory. But I mentioned something and got it wrong. And that was I said, I think I used to be darker was shot in Virginia Beach. Uh-huh. It was not. Uh-oh. It was shot in Ocean City, Maryland. Oh. Uh, the very one part of it. The the vast majority of it was shot in Baltimore, yeah. or as the folks in Baltimore like to call it, Baltimore. Baltimore. Um you said it better than me. Yeah. So anyway, Ocean City, Maryland is what I thought was Virginia Beach, and I just wanted to correct that very quickly. Outrageous mistake, but so you are forgiven. Yeah. Well anyway, that was retractions. Very quick one. Promised. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. We're your own personal cinematic Bill Cosby and Roman Polanski. Jesus. (laughs) I told you it's dark times. Jesus. (laughs) Um, Bill Cosby's out there walking free, y'all. Well, so is Roman Polanski. Oh, that's true. He's probably making another movie right now. Actually, not only is Roman Polanski out there walking free, they're just hand and France are just handing him awards left and right. He just walks down the street (laughs) and they're like, "Here's uh, here's the uh, top award from our uh, our film festival here." Um, Oh man, what's that? That he just made a movie, and like it came out the same year as Portrait of a Lady on Fire and. The, Adele yeah. Adele walked out and of the screamed, award ceremony. Yeah, I actually just watched this recently. She, it was something like, "Hooray, pedophilia!" Oh my god, I I love her so much. She's the best. I love her, and then her and then her girlfriend slash director comes running after her carrying her purse. The best. It's my it's like one of my favorite moments captured, and she's just yeah railing. Which thank you. It got real awkward for a minute there in the room. <laughs> she did cause a, about twenty other people to, to depart the room too. They were like we're we're done with this bullshit. Wow. Um, anyway, that's not what we're talking about right now. What we're talking about is getting out of here. So thanks to Boutwell Studios. Uh, visit us online at sidewalkfest.com or check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's where you'll find all of the information about what's playing at the Sidewalk Cinema and all the information about the upcoming Sidewalk Film Festival, the end of August in downtown Birmingham's Theater District. Get those passes. Get those tickets. You got any uh, hot hot scoops in this outro? Um, you know, I, I yeah, I could tell you. I, I haven't booked it yet. Uh-oh. But um, here's one little thing that you might be excited about. Uh, I'm going to send an email when I leave here to try to book the uh, film Carterland. Carterland? The Jimmy Carter documentary. Oh, no, I haven't. Uh, oh, that's I'm cool. I'm planning to put a peanut warning on, uh, <laughs> on in the program and on the website. I want to make that place look like fucking Logan's Roadhouse. Oh, my God. So that's one little tip. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks to Splash 96 for our music. And, you know, thanks to you for listening. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.